Please note the information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not take into consideration your personal circumstances. If you need advice, please seek out a licensed financial professional. Hello, hello. I'm Greg Fay, And I'm Dora Pappas. And welcome to another episode of Better Real Estate. Today, we'll be talking about adding value to your home. Now, Greg, you'd know a bit about that. Didn't you just add a granny flat to your place? I did. You got a few learnings to share with us? Oh, yeah. If you're lucky, I'll oh. give you a few pearls. Oh. <laughs> pearls of wisdom pearls from of wisdom. Greg? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Greg, what's the story with your granny flat? I had a bit of uh, land, a, f- a fair size block of land, which was lucky. Gee, and you are lucky. Oh, I know. <laughs> These well, days they're getting smaller and smaller. Well, that's in what Sydney. I was, that, well, that's what I was looking for when I first bought it. Was was sort of size of land, yeah. Um. And the house isn't large either. So, anyway, so there's a, a a bit of land there, and I had a bit of equity build up, and um, and I thought, uh, yeah, just build a granny flat gets a, another revenue stream, a bit of income, start looking forward to retirement. I won't ask what you're expecting to make from it, but in terms of granny flats, what kind of rental income can oh, they get? Oh, look, it depends on the area. I'd, I'd say, I mean, just looking at what my house would probably go for and houses in the area rent for and yeah. basing it off that, maybe maybe half, 40% of, of the rent of a house, Wow, I guess. That's quite decent. Everyone needs to sort of look at their own situation. And, and have to do their homework. And area and, yeah. It's just like any anything. It depends where it is. If someone's considering a granny flat, what do they need to think about? They need to first, I mean, obviously have the money to do it. Yep. So, you know, you need to go with the banks and the whatever to, to get your finance. Um, apart from that, looking if it's a viable option for you, mm-hmm. uh, you'd need to check with uh, your local council. Yep. Um, and they could they could tell you based on their sort of local environment plans, development plans and any state policies what's possible at your place. In terms of costs, um, being a smaller um, build, so to speak, what is the um, rough ratio of cost to, say, a normal house if you were doing a a, a f- Oh, a, a full build, roughly. Boy, how I'm not. Long, to, how I, long's a piece of string? Do I? <laughs> okay, okay, this sounds it's, good. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's hard to it's hard to tell. I mean, it depends on your finishes and all this sort of thing. There's a lot of companies out there that just specialise in granny flats. Yeah. So they've got standard designs uh, that you can go and have a look at. Even yeah, they'll quote on that. And you know that you can get a, a fair sized granny flat, two bedroom granny flat for you know under a hundred thousand dollars. Thanks for those fabulous tips, Greg. Now, moving on to adding value more broadly, there are a number of things that you can do to add value to your home. But why? Why would you want to do that? What are the things you need to consider? Well, I guess if, if you're looking at uh, adding value, you're looking at the building the, the value of the asset that you hold, that, mm-hmm. that's your home. But within that, you've got to uh, work out, are you, are you going to add value to, to enjoy it while you're living in it as well as, as, well as you know, building the value of the property. Exactly. Um, are you looking to just add value and, and sell and get out of there? There's a few little ways you've, you've got to work. One thing I have learned uh, from, from experience, don't just wait until you're selling a property mm-hmm. to renovate it. If it's a bit <laughs> dodgy, do it early and enjoy it. I, yes. I sold an apartment and, you know, the, in the months leading up to and we knew we were selling and the months leading up renovated the bathroom and it was all this fantastic bathroom and no tiles were falling off the wall or anything. <laughs> and I was like, geez, I should have done this years ago. Yeah, and you would have been, had the pleasure of had enjoying the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. And and 
you know, and still added value to the property. And with me, it's a bit like decluttering your home. We wait until we're ready to sell before we declutter it. But we sort of wonder why we've sort of got all this angst when we're in the house. Well, it's usually because it's filled with crap all over the place. Yeah, yeah, there's stuff everywhere. Yeah, that's right. I suppose another reason that we want to add value to our home is if we're looking to rent it out, yeah? Yeah, but if you are looking to do that, don't go over the top. Yeah. Like like you would if you were going to be living there for the next five years or whatever. You know, if, you, if you're just renting it out, just do what you need to. And stick to a budget. Well, yeah, definitely. Now, we're going to be talking with Danielle Wiseman of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, and we're going to get her top tips for adding value to your home. Danielle, hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, Danelle, we're really happy to chat with you and get your inside info. I guess the first thing to clarify is that, I mean, adding values, it's it's either something you do over the long term or more often for sale. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I do think that a lot of people, um, when they buy a house, a lot of the items that they start adding to them is for their own personal comfort. And I think sometimes people when they are doing and making renovations whether they're thinking of selling or not should probably actually get an agent out to have a look because sometimes they need to do some things a little bit more commercially for example we had somebody they absolutely love the color purple and they did a kitchen in two pack purple and they <laughs> sorry it. they love I, I look I know I know it, it does sound a little bit funny they they loved it but when we went to go and sell that home they hadn't had any advice on things like that throughout their period they renovated to suit themselves which most people do but then when they've come to go and sell that $30,000 kitchen that they put in probably impacted adversely on them selling do you know what I mean people think that they only need to speak to a real estate agent when they're selling but we we do annual health checks for people so it's really handy to have somebody who's happy to pop out and give them a little bit of advice um, you know even when they're not thinking of selling so if I was a homeowner and I wanted to add value to my home what questions should I be asking my agent to help me work out what to do with my property you need to establish who is going to be your best buyer. So I have been selling for actually quite a long time. And over the years, when I very first started, um, we would try and be everything to everybody. So we would try and think, oh, this house is going to suit this person because of this and this person because of this. And we wouldn't really sit down and work out who is the best person who's going to pay the most money. Because I do think in today's modern world, with the internet because I used to sell before there really was much internet mm-hmm. and now because of the internet people have access to so much information and they're also overwhelmed with advertising you need to send a really clear message to the person that's going to be buying your property so you need to appeal to that person so if it's if it's a family and it's you're in a really really good school zone you're probably going to be looking to um to, to that family. So you need to be working out, okay, so what does that family look like? What are their habits? What are the things that they like to do? Because they're the things like, you know, is it going to be a value to me to have an extra bedroom or to have a second living room? Or is it going to be, they're, they're the things, I think you really need to look at who 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 your end user is going to be. And your agent can actually help you focus your, um, focus, I guess, attention on who that end user is going to be. 
yes. they should be able to, yes. yes. I, would, I would expect them to be able to. We, we get a lot of information now when we do a market analysis for the demographics in the area and we should know who we're, who we're dealing with. I suppose that that's where going to an established agency or somebody with good experience in the area, I think it's important. It's probably just as important to choose the right agent, I think, as it is to ask the right questions. Okay. Well, Danelle, with housing affordability uh, a hot topic and people looking to pay less for their accommodation and and for living, would you think a a granny flat is a good way to to add value to your property? A hundred percent. We are actually finding that what's happening now, that affordability is actually becoming very critical for retirees. In fact, my husband, Jonathan, and I, his mum lives with us. We have this exact situation and trying to find a home that suits to have everybody living under the same roof but giving each person some space and independence is there's very little around. And I do think that a granny flat is great. It's not only for an elderly person. I think it's really good. Like I've got a son who's just got married. They're expecting a baby. You know, like maybe they need to move home for 12 months to be able to save their deposit because most people can pay the payments, but it's that it's getting that opportunity to save a deposit together. And I mean, let's face it, I, I love my son, but I think that it would... It, it would probably wear very thin for those two <laughs> more than me <laughs> to come back and live with mum while they save more money. I mean, he has a home. But if I if I think about their situation, there's so many in the same situation. I think a granny flat is great. And then when the situation comes and it's not needed for a family member, I mean, what a great way to do to get some extra income, so Airbnb or, you know, to 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 supplement, um, you know, paying the rates and everything else. I, I think that a granny flat, I think dual occupancy is fantastic. I, I love that answer, Danelle. I've just built a granny flat on my property, so I, I like <laughs> yeah. that answer. I think that they're, that, that they're great. Thanks so much for that, Danelle. You've given our listeners lots to think about. Now, before you go, tell our listeners how they can get in touch. Okay, so I am the principal at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, Coast and Hinterland, where we're in the beautiful Sunshine Coast in the city of Caloundra. We're in the main street here and you can see us pretty much seven days a week, Sundays by appointment. You, you can contact us on phone at 0753551000 or you can contact us on email at info.caloundra at bhgre.com.au. It's lovely speaking with you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Danelle. Good to know you were on the money with your granny flat, yeah, Greg. I, I, I like that very much. Now we're about to talk to an expert about the big and small changes you can make to your property to increase its value. Our guest today is Alana Smith. Welcome, Alana. Hello. Thank you. What a pleasure to be here. So, Alana, you're an interior designer. Mm -hmm. You work with a lot of clients. But before we go any further, is there a difference between an interior designer and an interior decorator? Yes, there is definitely a difference. And there is also a lot of different sort of subcategories or um, professional strengths under those individual banners. You can be an interior designer, but really specialise in textiles or hard surfaces like um, tiles and so forth. So you generally tend to just be directed at one specific part um, or have a strength in in one specific area. So would you say, though, in the main that an interior designer works more in terms of the structure of a building, 
rather than fluffing of the cushions, That's so right. to speak. So, yeah, definitely. So you have um, an interior designer generally has the ability to be able to work within um, the spatial requirements of a, of, of a home um, and, yeah, manipulate that area, uh, extend, renovate, uh, more hard surfaces, again, like a bathroom or a kitchen, uh, tends to fall under the interior designer's banner, whereas a decorator does t- tend to do furnishing, artwork, styling, uh, window dressings, um, things like that. So you'd work fairly closely with architects as well? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I actually do a lot of my uh, own renovation work. So um, we do the extension and renovation plans. We do the council submissions and um, so forth as well, all the documentation, and then we carry it through to uh, I also have a, a project management for construction you're service multi, as well. You're multi-talented then. It is. It is it's, it's, it is a bit of a key turn service. So over the last 12 years or so, we've probably done 50-plus um, DA or CDC-type full renovations, which, um, yeah, could could be just opening up the, the back doors and, you know, putting in a new kitchen and opening up that living space or, um, or you know, going up and extending out and putting a pool in and doing the whole shebang. The whole, the whole wow. thing, right. Mm. So, Alana, we're here today talking about uh, adding value to your home. Yes. Um, what, what do you find are the key things for homeowners if, if they're looking to add value? Yeah, look, I guess the consistent thing across the board is wanting to add value to your home and not overcapitalize in any degree of renovations. Um, my clients have ranged from, you know, very young individuals uh, renovating apartments through to families and, and even your empty nesters um, with the, you know, that are retired and, and actually have a, a, a bit of money to spend on their home as well. But it's all still very consistent across the board that everybody does not want to overcapitalize and you want right. to get the most out of your property. Um, so it's definitely the first step, um, I think, of any renovation plan. So you want to be able to sit down and really look at the property for what it is and how you can work with what's there rather than perhaps seeing images or seeing what Sally did across the road and wanting mm. exactly what she's got. Yeah. Um, you know, to get the most value out of your property, you you first need to work out what's best for your property and what works best in your property. And I suppose for your lifestyle as well. Exactly. You know, so figuring out what your needs are as well. So, for instance, if it is a family um, and you've got young children or you plan on having children or it's your forever home, all of those things come into it. So it's it's like a real research assignment basically. Yeah, and, and I guess also you've got to think as well that value isn't just a monetary thing. If if mm. you if you want to, if it, as you say, you're forever home, mm. then you know you might want to spend a bit more to, to make it a pleasure to be in. And, That's and right. The value that comes along with with enjoying That's the right. place you're living in. Um, so you definitely will find areas where you, you know, yeah, you're more happy to spend than others. Yeah. Um, and how to use that budget as well, so it's not spread too thinly so you actually don't get an impact, which is probably one of the common mistakes. Do you ever sort of say um, get given a budget and there's a wish list that is as long as your arm <laughs> and then you have Every to Every time. <laughs> yeah. Do you then try to um, look at the, the home, be it an apartment mm. or a house, and say, you know what, 
the best value would be in doing this here as opposed to trying to, as you say, spread yep. the dollar so thinly that there's compromises every which way you look. That's so right. Does, so do you do that? Absolutely. A lot of people aren't sure uh, what they need actually. Um, right. And so that's part of the process um, or what they think they need really isn't what they need. And, and by the the good thing about employing a professional, I guess, to help you or to assist in that is generally we can offer things that they hadn't thought of um, and that is just more property specific. Because I guess you come into a property with a fresh set of eyes. Yes. You? I mean, if, yeah. they've, if they've been living there or yep. or thinking about it, I know that's the case with me. I, yeah. My wife comes in and we do little <laughs> renovations and so on. She goes, oh, I, I think we should you know, this type of fence here. Yeah. And I'm like, the amount of time you've been thinking about it, times it by 100 is how long I've been thinking about it. But sometimes having that fresh <laughs> set of eyes yeah. is invaluable and, and can give you a new perspective on, yeah. on what you want to do and yeah. what you need, I guess, as well. Absolutely. That with, um, you know, combined with a lot of experience as well, yeah, um, having, having worked in this. But, you know, the reality is if you want to get the most value out of your property, working with it, um, as best you can, will is just it's foolproof yeah. basically. Um, so yeah, that might lead you to some compromises. But once you've established that, what you really need to keep and reserve in the property, and or conserve, or work sympathetically with, or what you absolutely need to change and you know eradicate, yep. um, and then obviously put that in line with your specific needs. What you'll come up with is some parameters, basically, and this makes the whole design process even easier because once yes. those parameters are in place, you just keep referring back to them. Everything, yep. every decision, every process comes back to uh, how are we sticking in line with those original parameters and sometimes that's, and it's also a good thing because obviously it keeps you a little bit more concentrated and focused so you tend not to have too many variations or changes and and, and the budget like that, doesn't get which blown cost a lot of money yes, so absolutely you do what's called well I do what's called um, my mickey mouse which is my top shelf what would I do to this property um, with no budget constraints right what would be the best most ideal services that you could offer this property um and then sort of do the the lower end as well. So what's the least that I could do to get right. the biggest impact? Right. And generally, I find in there is where you'll Settle. you'll meet that happy medium somewhere between there, working with the client about what they're prepared to compromise on and and what are some things that they definitely don't want to. Right. And that will lead them smack bang to exactly where they want to be. Yep. And it takes away all of those times when you come to the point and you go, oh gee, I wish. Maybe we had done that or I hadn't thought of that. But in actual fact, if you spend the time doing that process, you have thought of it and you understand why you made the compromise or so, why you took it out. So when you go out to see a client, mm -hmm. um, it, how long is that first consultation and do you just yeah. go away with all their thoughts and their wishes and then come back with the plan? I mean, yeah. how does that work? I mean, every designer I know, we all work very differently. Mm -hmm. um, I allow an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. It goes very, very fast. Um, yes. But in that hour and a half, it definitely gives you enough time to be able to look at the property, sp speak to them obviously and get some of their thoughts and feedback. Um, a lot of clients like to send you information leading up and share their Pinterest boards and things like that. 
Um, I tend to like to walk in with a bit of a blank canvas and mm-hmm. and and be the real devil's advocate, so yep. not have a, a leaning to which way they're sort of going and so forth. I find they also get that that's how they get the best results as well um, in terms of your services. But it, it's it's a long hour and a half, and often like in terms of the information that I'm Providing. spilling out yeah. as well as what you're taking in. Um, and I guess then after that, I sort of have the, um, the luxury of really, I go home generally that night and that night I will like dream about the space if it's something that's really beautiful <laughs> and I can see the finished job in the end. I'm going, gee, I hope they say yes to this proposal because I've just now, I've got it all in my head. So apart from the from the big Renaults and, and doing that, what what are some of the smaller things that uh, people can do to to upgrade their home and, and maybe add a bit a bit of value to it? What what do you see there? Yeah, um, the smaller projects are actually can be quite deceiving because if they're done really well and they're well planned, they can actually be really impactful right. um, on the value of your home. So again, you know, if they're considered and they're thought out, but you can break them up into you know like your little weekend. Um, projects, yeah. but at the end result, as you sort of chip away at these, um, get turn out to be really, really quite effective. So I love this strategy of the smaller projects. Um, Do you have some examples of some smaller projects? That yeah, look, value? it's funny. I mean, well, look, planning is a project. So yes. sitting down and planning, yep. um, that's project number one yep. for, for anybody. Um, but number two, I always say start with your entry. It's the smallest space generally in your home. But that can be anything from a new door, new door hardware, maybe yep. a paint colour, maybe it's a window, um, pots and plants, a doormat, like uh, feature lights, um, lots of different. that really sets the tone sets for the, the whole, tone. whole house, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yes. and there's something really energising about starting with your foyer or your, your entry, I think, yeah. um, after that planning process because, yeah, you kind of start at the front and work your way through. Work your way through. <laughs> What are some other tips? Um, yeah, some of the other ones that I do really like, um, I think that are an easy sort of smaller job is certainly working on your storage and your, your decluttering. So in a home, everything should have a home. Um, if totally it doesn't, agree. If it doesn't, then, you know, you have to, um, you, you're fighting a losing battle. Honestly, yeah. it's never going to feel like a, a, a beautiful, comfortable home because it's going to feel messy and messy disjointed. And, tidy, yeah. and there are so many clever storage solutions. Um, I mean, you can just scout Pinterest for billions of ways to either DIY or for furniture to buy and little clever ways that you can find homes for yeah. everything that you have in your house. Um, and really these days we have so much stuff that this really is a small project in its own. And so what you're breaking it down into just storage and decluttering as a project absolutely is is it's borderline a big one for some people, so it may not. Yeah. Be- it's a borderline a big one for me. Let me tell you, I love my stuff. I never get rid of anything. Yeah, and it's amazing how much better you feel and how much better a home feels when it is organised, Yes, you know. Yes, and and as you say, there isn't really any excuses. You can buy them, you can make That's it, right. you can even use it as display if you're clever. Absolutely, about it. and it really is about that balance as well. So part yeah. of that project, I would say, is a, there's a fine balance between your display and what is hidden away. Yes, 
Um, you know, I know, for instance, in my pantry, I'm obsessed about the display. Um, in but your pantry? In my pantry, but then you turn the corner and it's kind of like, yeah, that's where all the school bags and the chip packets live and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and stuff. But that bit looks amazing. I am never asking you over to my pantry. Yeah. <laughs> my pantry is not good. I live for the day when I'll have one of those fancy pull-out ones where everything yep. has a home and everything's stored yeah. in a little container. Yeah, well, I no. mean, you can definitely see why it's it's a bit of a, a buzz thing at the, at the moment as well. But um, as I said, you know, there are just so many ideas and it's really evolved. Um, so therefore it's become a, a project or a, a room in its own. True. Um, but it's it's a great small one. So, um, yeah, I mean, the other one, uh, some, something else that I really find personally for me when I walk into a house is is windows and doors. I know it's a very, very kind of odd one, but no. it, it can be a small project in itself too. So in terms of if you've got older windows, maybe just getting them rehung or getting those sashes fixed so that they're not wonky and yeah. um, just cleaning them and fresh set of fly screens yes. costs next to nothing makes a really big impact like because it makes your windows look brand new. Yep. Um, and then obviously the window treatments that go around them, so making sure that each window has the, the right treatment for that specific space. So not everybody can, has can to have shutters. That's right. can right. completely change the the look and feel of a home. I mean, obviously if there's anywhere that needs, you know, replacing, that can become a little bit of a bigger job. Yep. So windows for me could kind of be a small one and a big one. Um, but I definitely think it, it sets a tone, especially in a home or if you have a view outside, how that how the outside interacts with the inside um, can make a huge difference. Yeah, and we're really big on indoor-outdoor living, aren't mm-hmm. we, here? I mean, we've got the climate for it, so why wouldn't we be? Exactly. Oh, I th- I'm actually considering, at the moment I've got sliding doors mm-hmm. and I've got a side courtyard mm-hmm. and... Look, I'm really lucky. They are reasonably large doors and I've got two sets of them, um, but they are sliders and mm-hmm. so you're still walking through just one, one part bit. of it. I really want to be able to just open those doors, whether it's, um, you know, concertina doors yep. or something like that, just so that I can feel like they're open. I'm not trapped at all inside. Yeah, it, and again, you know, it's one of those fine lines or there's always a compromise. So whilst the sliders can be great and they're really effective in places where especially where you have high wind and so forth, um, you don't want the rattling yeah. of concertina doors, um, you know, but in small spaces they can also be really effective because, you know, it means if you've got opening doors other ways, you know, that pot plant can't permanently stay there or it might affect your indoor-outdoor furniture. Actually, now um, that you layout. see that, yeah, that's probably yeah. why they yeah. put sliders in. <laughs> There's generally a good reason for sliders. But, but yeah. They compromise the stacker doors. Yes. Which uh, have like a number of panes and they all sort of stack mm-hmm. back so you've got more, more, of, of, more of the open space than than uh, you have of just sort of half as you yeah. do with a slider. Do you know what I sort of imagine one day when I'm actually a multi-millionaire, make, make that a billionaire, <laughs> what I imagine I'd really love is one of those do- um, sliders that just sort of goes straight into, into the, the wall. wall. Cavity oh, slider. Yeah. 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 Cavity slider would just be my idea oh. of heaven and the view to match, of course. Absolutely. Okay. There, there is, um, I mean, just some beautiful systems and the engineering around doors and windows now is really quite insane um 
I've just recently used a corner sliding door unit that has no post. So when you open up both, the whole corner of the house wow. is open. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of engineering, but it, yeah. it's totally worth it when, oh. it, you know, when you've got this beautiful outdoor entertaining area and the pool and all of a sudden your entire living room just becomes part of the outdoors. Yeah. yeah. Outside. Oh. It's pretty remarkable. Oh, sounds like heaven. Mm. When it comes to kitchens, what are you finding people are asking you for? Oh, bigger, 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 bigger. Everything. Every, it's just and getting bigger. I'm sure it's we huge. call less in them for, for sure. I'm <laughs> sure <laughs> we all spend all the money on this yes. big kitchen and, yeah. and no one, Uber <laughs> Eats every night. It's kind of it, it's exactly right. And we we've got these enormous, you know, islands, um, butlers' pantries and serveries and you know, it kind of went the the study nook was quite a um, big thing. a big thing and now it's like my my bar. Can I fit a, an entire bar into my kitchen now oh. as well? Which I, I mean, personally, I think it's a great idea. But <laughs> um, you know, I think most of us would. <laughs> it's it's kind of the the scope for a kitchen is is growing. Um, yeah, I, that, so I do feel like that. At so the, the moment, butler's pantry, a yeah. bit of a bar, but not your old fashioned sort of bar, not the traditional. No, sense. no, we're talking yeah, beautiful pocket doors, things like that that might just open up to this. Servery, where you know when you are entertaining, that it also becomes, um, yeah, a bit of a, a well-stocked bar because I mean that's what we do. Yeah. We end up we're now sort of socialising so much in these spaces, um, and we want a lot of room around the island because we have a lot of friends. Yeah, um, not because we have a lot of children. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably both. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, so I, I've they're definitely wanting to, and and it's not a bad thing. I think if you can always gift a space, if you're going to have a hero space, whatever it may be, and if you are tied on space in your overall property, but you steal a little bit from somewhere and yeah. go a little bit overboard in this hero space, it will pay off. Um, so if you've got sort of um, the normal suburban home. Mm-hmm whatever that might be, um, where would you steal space from? Well, it's interesting. I um, I mean, for me personally, say for instance with my own home, yep. it's actually every room is like my kids' bedrooms. Everything is pretty much standard size. It's a sweet little cottage that we've yep. um, been able to, to renovate. But what I did was actually, yeah, stole space from hallway entry sort of and from my kids' bedrooms essentially. I stole <laughs> stole from them. Uh-oh. And um and and created a a larger foyer, so a larger entry. So it's got a bit of a double height ceiling and um and it's much nice. wider at almost um two and a half meters. And it's purely just entry space. It's got a big front door, but it sets the tone for the rest yeah. of the house and it actually gives the illusion that the house is much bigger. So it's not until I sort of point out to people that actually all the rooms are pretty standard size and um, then they're like, oh, yeah, they are actually. Yeah. So you have this sort of that. grand impression that sort of yeah. follows through, I guess, as mm-hmm. you go into the kitchen and the living yeah. spaces. And I'm presuming it's open plan. It's pretty open plan. Um, I mean, again, we still sort of worked with with what was there, and the traditional cottage is, has its little pokey corners and mm-hmm. um, and little offset rooms, which I still quite like. Um, but certainly, we've we've tried to open it up um, as much as possible, which I think is everybody's wish list. Um, but still keep the um, character. That's right. Yeah, and uh, you know, so again, it would be about if you can maybe perhaps steal some space from 
the laundry, for instance, if you don't need a big one, then, you know, you can add that to maybe your kitchen or to your living space. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you can be a little bit excessive, it, it pays off because it, there's the illusion that's there. Um, and it also makes it less boring and less standard. So if you can do something a little bit different um, and something that's a little bit more wow, generally that gets the value because it's it's not your... It's not run of the mill. It's not run of the mill. So when people walk mm. in, they go, oh, yes, I am buying something mm-hmm. here that is, well, yeah. if you were selling, yeah, I guess. that's right. Um, they'd be walking in and they'd be going, oh, wow. Yep. So Everyone's going to want to be at my right. place. That's right. Yeah. So if you've got impress your friends, yeah. that's right. So if you've got the opportunity to, you know, yeah, to add skylights or a ceiling detail or, um, yeah, a more of open up any of the ceiling space or walls, it's you know, kind of have to really sort of start getting a little bit creative with the space that you've got, yeah. and um, and how you can add that, you know, specific bespoke, I suppose, carpentry. Yes. Wow. Mm. I think you've taught us a lot today. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Solana. Um, where can our listeners find you? Thank you. Yes, no, that was a lot of fun. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's Alana Smith Designs um, or online. My website is um, alanasmith.com.au and uh, we have a great little office in Newport for anybody who's on the northern beaches. It's, it's a lot of uh, individual creative professionals or working at making the world more beautiful. So I think you it do is a, a bit of fun. Job. Thank you very Thank you. much. Thank you so Thanks, much. Alana. Thanks for listening to Better Real Estate. I really hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with another episode. Now, if you're really enjoying our show, please do us a favour, rate, review and subscribe. This will make it easier for other property lovers to find our podcast. Thanks. Thanks.